0: Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. I'm, uh, I'm Matt Sprinkle, and I just want to welcome you to Church in the Valley if this is your first week with us. Uh, you picked a great time to join, uh, to come. We, we're starting a new series, as Joel said, called Box Office Wisdom, where over the next couple weeks, Alex and Randy are going to be taking movies that are, you know, big blockbusters this summer that literally millions of people around the world are going to go see and try to pull the message out um, and the teaching about the different aspects of life that are communicated in the film and then compare what that says to what the Bible says about the same topic. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite series. And um, we hope you'll come back each of these weeks. Um, Randy's actually in Alhambra, which is a, a campus that we launched in that area, uh, delivering the same message. And Alex is, uh, was invited to speak at a church in Brawley. So, so you get me. Um, I'd like to start by just praying for our service. Uh, would you join me in prayer? Father God, I just thank you for today. <clears throat> and I pray that... Um... <clears throat> that you would help us uh, uh, profit from this message. Lord God, I just pray for all the equipment. Some of the things are going, you know, a little bit crazy with the microphones and, and film. And, and you know all those details. I just pray that you'd bring it all together so it would not be a distraction. And I pray, Lord God, that, uh, that you would speak to us through your word today. And we just thank you for the opportunity to come here and uh, to worship, to sing to you together as a group. And uh, we, we appreciate the, uh, the truth that you give us through your word. And we just pray this thing in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, we're going to be looking at movies, and uh, this is really important because movies are powerful. Uh, they, they inspire me, <laughs> and probably you. They're highly motivating. Uh, they move us to action. And the reason why is because they're showing us various approaches to different parts of life that we can all identify with. They have a main character. We tend to identify with that main character, with the struggle or tension or goal that main character is dealing with, and that hooks us in, and then how they handle the situation is offering to us, in a way, an approach to life. And so I find myself sometimes imitating what I see in a movie. Sometimes I mutter lines from films that I saw weeks ago in the car as I'm driving. I don't know if you've ever done that, but it just kind of sticks on me. And the thing is, is not all approaches in life are are the same. Some approaches can lead to to prosperity. Some approaches can lead to pain. So I remember a time when I was five years old, and I... uh, I had a babysitter, her name was Debbie Snyder, and she had uh, two kids, Keith and Lynn, they're about my age, and she was a stay-at-home mom, and she babysitted uh, her kids, and well, I guess she wasn't babysitting her kids, she babysitted me and a couple other kids as, a, as kind of like a side job. And so my mom and dad worked, and they would drop me off at her house in the morning, and she would watch us till about two. Anyway, we used to watch Sesame Street in the morning, that was like part of our morning routine. She would do some housework, we would watch Sesame Street before our day activities, so one morning, I'm watching Sesame Street with all my friends, and there's this guy on the Sesame Street that we called the Micro Machine Man. He was on the Micro Machine commercials, these little cars you used to buy. I don't know if you remember that guy. But he talked really, really fast. And so Sesame Street had him as a guest performer, and he was doing a skit where he was like a businessman, sitting at his desk in his office. And there was a big stack of t- uh, papers and computer, you know, phone, and he's talking really, really, really fast. And he's, he's writing all these papers, and he's throwing paper all around, he's taking a phone call, he's drinking coffee, and he's typing on the computer, and somebody comes in. And they say, hey, he's like, I don't want to sign it, he's talking really fast, and everything really fast! And it's awesome to a five-year-old. And all the kids are just like laughing, and I want them to laugh at me. So I'm looking around the room, and I see this huge stack of toys by the Christmas tree. So I run over there, and I grab them, and I'm like, look, and I start throwing these dolls everywhere. And I throw one, and it goes, and it hits this glass vase on the mantle and just shatters all over the ground. And all the kids just Freeze. Now, Debbie's not in the house. She's in the backyard. She's mowing the lawn at 6.30 in the morning. I don't understand why, but she is. And we hear the lawnmower, and it's... You know what that means. And then the sliding glass door. Because back in the 80s, the sliding glass door shook the whole house. Right? And then the footsteps. And then she comes in, and she sees me. And she's looking at me and just staring into my soul. And she grabbed me that day and she took me in the back and I got a big spanking. God bless Debbie. She was a great woman. (laughs) I needed her. You know what occurs to me? When I watched that skit, at the end of the skit, when the papers were all over the floor and the coffee was spilled all over the table, his babysitter did not come in and spank him. I'm pretty sure that if the babysitter would have come in, at the end of that skit, I don't know why a grown man would have a babysitter, but let's assume he did. He came in, babysitter put him over the table, and just started spanking him for making a mess. I wouldn't have copied him. That might seem absurd, but, but actually, what, what happened there? I'm a five-year-old kid. I watched something on television. I thought it was funny. I wanted to do it. I did it, and I got hurt. I'm still doing that today. I still watch films today, and the ideas and the approach, sometimes I put it into practice, and it doesn't work out for me. You probably do too. But, you know, why? I mean, aren't we mature? We're adults. You know, we've outgrown this. We're too old to imitate film. No, we're not. And the reason why is because movie makers know something uh, about us. They know that we all, we all want the same things in life. We want a rich and satisfying life. And so when they portray a character in the film, that character is dealing with things that I can identify with. Like Superman, I, I, I can't fly, I can't shoot lasers out of my eyes, but I can certainly identify with trying to find my purpose and meaning in life. I'm 32, and lately I've, I've been wrestling with, like, am I doing what I ought to be doing? Should I be a teacher? It's a purpose question. So, since they're giving me someone I can identify with, and that person is dealing with a problem I know, I can watch the approach that they're taking and see the outcome that they get. And that influences me. And if you think about it, there are a lot of different voices and teachers in our culture telling us which way we should go from the books that we read to the the music that we're listening to to, you know writers uh uh, the movies they're they're writers of the movies uh, television shows our parents our friends cute posts on facebook there's a lot of different answers to the questions that we're all wrestling with and sometimes those answers are pointing in the opposite direction so you know you don't always know and the thing is is that the writers in hollywood they're doing their best these aren't bad people these are excellent artists i mean did you see the the trailers those are really well done and but the thing is is they're just like me they're just human beings and they're writing the script out of their understanding of life. And sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes they're just young. They're like 23 years old, and they're writing about some major theme that they have very little experience with. And of course, in the film, it works out because they control all the elements. But that doesn't mean that's how it really works in real life. Consider something Steven Spielberg said. i will a quote for you up here. Steven Spielberg is probably the most influential director of his generation. Here's what he said about the close encounters of the third kind. It's a film about aliens and this guy in Indiana named Roy who is obsessed, and he ends up, eventually he ends up going with the aliens back to their home planet. He leaves his wife and his kids. And here's what Steven Spielberg said. He said, When older people read my script, they wanted me to make him a single man who wouldn't have given up his family. I saw it as a story about a man who had to follow his dreams, his obsession to its natural conclusion. Everybody of my generation got it. But everybody older thought it was irresponsible. But I must tell you, I would not have written it that way today. Now that I have seven children, never. I would never write a story today encouraging fathers and husbands to abandon their family. Wow. I really appreciate his honesty. Here's a guy, very influential, telling us that... He encourages, he's encouraging the wrong things in us. So he he himself is acknowledging that there's power in movies. And that's why it's important that we pay attention to the messages coming through film. So this is our dilemma. All these different voices are offering us wisdom about the different parts of life. Some of them are contradictory. So who do we trust? Who's gonna be our coach? Who's gonna teach us the right way? I need someone to show me the truth, I need somebody to help me figure out what's real. I don't want to trial and error through life. If somebody has an answer about how to build wealth, I'd like to know. If somebody has a way for me to be the best husband possible, the best father possible, I'd love to know that. If there's a way for me to get promoted that doesn't leave me with a whole bunch of enemies because I had to basically do a survivor to get to the top, I'd love to know that. I need someone who can teach me the truth about life. And this is the good news about Christianity. This is the good news about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who can teach me how to bring life together. He is very clear. He says that's who he is. He says that's what he wants to do for me and for you. Consider what he says. His disciple John wrote down the things that he said. In John 10.10, it says, Jesus says, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus wants me and you to have a rich and satisfying life. He cares about the quality of your life here and now, not just in heaven, not in the future, but right now. Do you have a rich and satisfying life? Is it rich enough? Is it satisfying enough? Jesus Christ can help you, teach you the rich life, the satisfying life, his life. Another thing that he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. It is through Jesus that we have a relationship with God. He is the way to the truth about life. He knows the truth about life. He knows how it works, everything. He is the smartest man alive. We don't always think that. He's holy. He's got a long, long hair, a goatee. He smiles a lot. But he's not smart. No, he is very smart. In fact, he knows the truth about life. And if you're feeling like, well, look, sometimes I feel tired, frustrated, exhausted. You know, I have a hard day. Just getting your kids to church is hard to do, right? You know, sometimes some of you are working really hard at different parts of your life. You're trying to pull it together. It's not working. Things just seem to keep blowing apart. You feel frustrated. You feel restless. You feel not satisfied and not rich in life. Here's what he says. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I don't go to Jesus for rest all the time. I go to movies for rest. I go to television. I like to unwind and refresh by watching my favorite shows on Hulu and Netflix and Redbox. That's not bad. But Jesus is saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How? If I take my, take your, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus wants to be our teacher, for, my, <clears throat> for I am gentle and humble at heart. At heart, at the core, Jesus is gentle and he's humble, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is the one who can teach us how to carry our load. He can show us how to live our life in such a way that we find the truth about life and we have a rich and satisfying life, and that's what I want. And I'm always looking for a good approach to get what I want. And when I go to films, they're offering me approach. So the question is, <clears throat> how do I know if what the film is saying lines up with what God is saying? And this is the bottom line of today's message. This is, this is the, the main idea. If you get nothing else today, get this. Box office wisdom must match God's word to be real. Box office wisdom must match God's word to be real. So how do I know if it matches God's Word? Well, there are two steps that you have to take to figure out if the message in the film matches God's Word. The first step is is you have to get good at pulling the message out of the movie, the teaching out of the movie about whatever area of life it is, so that you can get a good clean look at it, so that you can clearly see what's being presented to you. And the second thing you have to be able to do is you have to get good at figuring out what God's Word says about the exact same topic. If you have those two things, you can figure out if it matches, you can figure out if what's being said to you in the film is not just fun and exciting and awesome, which they all are, but also is it true and does it line up with God's word and if I live it out in my life, will it lead to prosperity or to pain? Will it work out for me or will I get a Sesame Street spanking? I still feel that spanking. So we're going to do that today. We're actually going to do that right now. We're going to take the first step, which is we're going to try to pull a message out of the film. Now, a little, little warning. We, we had a film in... Uh, prepared for today called The Paper Man. It didn't work. So we kind of did an audible, and we're doing a different short film called Mater and the Ghost Light. And so I will actually be watching this with you, and I will be pulling the message out with you. And what we're going to do is we're going to exercise a skill. And so before we do that, I, I want to just talk a little bit about films. Films have three parts, and it's helpful for you to know the three different parts of a film. It helps you evaluate, right? We want to be evaluating the message coming through. So here are the three parts of the film. There's the introduction, there's the middle, and then there's the ending. Pretty simple. In the introduction, the director and the writer and the producers and the actors, they have a job to do. They're going to introduce their characters, the villains, the heroes. Hopefully we can identify with them, so we pay attention. But the most important thing they do in the beginning of that movie, in the beginning of that television show, is they give you that tension. They build that tension that you feel like needs to be resolved, that whole movie. They give you a problem that you want to solve. They... They give you a question that you're asking, the main character's asking, that you want to find an answer to. Or they're reaching for a goal that you can identify with, and you're watching them over the course of the movie either get that goal or fall short. That's the beginning. In the middle of the movie, the second part of the movie, they're solving the problem. They're reaching for the goal. They're, they're, uh, they're answering the question. They're doing whatever strategy they have to, to, to be successful. And at the end of the film, the third part of the film... That's where you see the resolution. That's where you see the goal reached, the problem solved, the challenge overcome. And so it's a very powerful message, right? If you have this problem, if you feel this tension, right, if you have this question or you're reaching for this goal, then if you, if you apply this solution, if you do this thing, then here's the outcome you're going to get. Those are the three parts of the film. It's helpful to know that. I don't know if you know that. Maybe you know that. But That's helpful that will get you there that'll get you part part way there pulling the message out of a film the second thing we have to do is we have to be really good at asking good questions so in your in your program there's a handout it looks like this it says box office wisdom how to uncover the message of a movie now this is a really great thing it's it's got a, re- a bunch of really great questions that you can ask any any media really any media that you're watching listening to reading but particularly for a movie this is great cuz you know a movies about 2 hours long And it's helpful afterwards to to sit down and and reflect. So you can take these questions uh, and do a family time tonight. Watch your kid's favorite mover, mover, whatever that means. Watch your kid's favorite movie, like Wreck-It Ralph, you know, and say, hey, kids, we're going to play a game. We're going to try to figure out the message behind the movie and give them a couple questions. This is a guide. Now, right now we're going to do this, but we're not going to go through all of it. We're just going to do a couple questions. Now, uh, the questions we're going to look at as we watch Mater and the Ghost Light, I'd like you to pay attention to, is question number two, three, and four. That might be a little ambitious, but let's just give it a try. Okay, question number two, what is the movie about? What is the hero's goal? That's the strong desire. Question number two, what is the hero's initial motivation? What's motivating the hero? Why does the hero want to achieve the goal? Why is the hero doing what they're doing? And then the third question is, how does the hero, or heroes motivation change by the end of the movie? And really, why does it change? So as you're watching this short film, enjoy it and try to see if you can catch this stuff. Let's go ahead and play.
1: are following you around and, light and light is just one big shade of gray. You wonder if you'll see <laughs> the light of day behind the clouds, the sun is shining. <laughs> You yeah. can't quite make it out. You may not see the silver line pining, but there's a big It sure is a nice night. (laughs) It sure is a nice night.
0: (laughs) I sure hope Mater isn't waiting around anywhere to scare me, because I'll freak out.
1: (laughs) 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 If only you move that fast on the racetrack. Oh, (laughs) Matty. You look like you just seen the ghost line. Mater! Don't mock. Ghost light. What is the ghost light? The ghost light is a glowing orb of blue translucent light that haunts these very parts. Nah, don't be too scared, buddy. It ain't real. It is real! It all started on a night like tonight. The song dogs were wailing at the moon off Cadillac Range while the summer wind blew hot like the breath of Zozobra. A young couple was headed down this very stretch of the Mother Road when they spotted an unnatural blue glow. And all that was left were two out-of-state license plates. So remember the one thing that angers the ghost light more than anything else is the sound of clanking metal) <laughs> 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 You head home tonight. Keep an eye out. The ghost light could be anywhere. Well, good night. I'm bushed. Good night. Good night. <gasps> oh no! It's the ghost light! Ghost light, I respect thee! Return from where you Oh, it's just a lightning bug. The ghost light ain't yellow anyhow! Sheriff said the coastline is blue. (coughs) You see, son, the only thing to be scared of out here is sheer imagination. Yeah, that, and of course the screaming banshee. Well, good night. Good night. night. The screaming what?
0: Behind the, clouds. the Okay. That was, uh, that was good. <laughs> All right. You, so you catch some of the messages there. The first question was, what is the movie about? What's the hero? What's their goal? So for Mater, it's just he's having some fun at other people's expense. His goal is to laugh, make himself laugh, scare people, right? play some pla- practical jokes. Um, what's, his, what's his initial motivation? What does he want to achieve? He wants to entertain himself. He wants to you know, laugh and uh, how does the hero's motivation change by the end of the movie? Well, at the end, he's, uh, he's been um, uh, tricked himself. I don't know if his motivation has actually changed. He kind of said, ah, good one. I've been in situations where I've joked practically with people, and they joke back, and I just kind of up the ante the next time. So I don't know if Mater's uh, motivation has actually changed. And uh, in, this, in this movie, at the, or the short film at the end, the, the cop says the kind of the key line, Remember, the only thing that you really need to fear is your own imagination. And that, that's the, that's the punchline, the bottom line that the writer introduces, but I don't know that that ne- necessarily matches with the whole story. Mater is, is, is scaring people, and uh, the way that they get him back is just to do the same thing even worse. And so, really, another message underneath it may be, you know, if somebody you know, scares you, scare them back. If somebody hits you, hit them back. If somebody yells at you, yell back. You keep ante- ante- upping the ante. Okay, so look, we, we, just, we just tried to apply some questions to a movie. We tried to pull them out. And that's the basic process of just asking, what is this movie saying and what is it saying about the main character and how can I, how can I pull out from the film the teaching? Now, you might be thinking, yeah, chill out. It's just a cartoon. You're getting a little bit serious. We don't really need to spend a church service talking about evaluating films, right? We're all adults. We can, we can handle it. You know, you might have got a Sesame Street, Sesame Street spanking when you were five, but come on, I mean, I'm an adult. Okay, that's, that's definitely uh, an approach we can take. Um, let's look at what God has to say. That's the second step. The second step is, what does God have to say about the same area of life the movie is addressing? And what I'd like to do is I'd like to look at what God has to say about what we are doing right now, which is really taking seriously the information that we're viewing and evaluating it with good questions. Should we be doing that? Ought that be what we do? So let's look at some things the Bible says. Um, It's important to read and evaluate the movies we see. If you read uh, the New Testament, if you read specifically Paul, Paul was a first century church planter who started off uh, basically arresting and trying to kill Christians And then he became a Christian and he spent the rest of his life uh, teaching people who Jesus is, introducing them to Jesus and building Jesus's church. And he wrote a letter to the Romans and in it, he said something very important about thoughts and ideas. So let's look at it. Romans 12, two, he says, don't be, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking, right? Don't just do things or watch things without thinking. You need, you need to be thinking instead fix your attention on God, really pay attention. To what God has to say about this specific area that the culture is speaking to, whether they're speaking to it in movies, whether they're speaking to it in a a song, in a book that you're reading, what does God say? Fix your attention on what God has to say. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily respond to what He wants from you and quickly, uh, readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture, around you, always dragging you down to its level immaturity, dragging you down to selfishness, dragging you down to pride, dragging you down to be violent in all the subtle ways that we can be violent. God brings out the best in you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. This is what Jesus was saying. He wants you to have a rich, satisfying life. He wants to teach you the way to the truth about life. He wants you and I to learn from Him <clears throat> and if we will capture our thoughts and pay attention to what we're thinking, that's our part in our own spiritual growth. So it's very important to God that we do this. Something else that's important to God when it comes to ideas is he wants us to watch out for hollow truth. Some truth that we get in film. And again, these people in Hollywood, they're doing the best they can. These are, these are good, honest people. They're working hard. They're just writing stories about life that make sense to them. So I'm not trying to bag on them. I mean, if I wrote a story, I would write it out of my own perspective, and there'd probably be a whole bunch of hollow truth there too. My point is not to, to speak poorly about someone, but just to evaluate so that I don't make poor, cho- poor choices. So, hollow truth, Proverbs 17, 25. The discerning sets his face towards wisdom but the eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth. This is an interesting contrast. Imagine the picture here. You have a discerning person, and he is setting his face on wisdom. is right between his eyes. He is discerning his way toward wisdom. And discernment is an interesting word that we don't use a lot. Here's a a short uh, statement about discernment that can help you get a grasp on what discernment is. It's from Charles Spurgeon. It says, Discernment is not a matter of simply telling the difference between right and wrong, but it's telling the difference between right and almost right almost right. In Mader's and the Ghost Light, there was some stuff in there that was almost right. If I was watching that with my son, who's six years old, and my other son, who's two, I'd be talking to my six-year-old son, Ben, and asking him questions and say, hey, so Ben, what how did Mater, what did they do to Mater? Well, they scared him, you'd say. And I'd say, well, you know, why'd they do that? And what I want my son to get is, is that If someone is scaring you or, you know, hurting you in some way, the appropriate response is not to do the exact same thing back to them. That's not what God would have us do. If my son scared me or did something, you know, let's say my son was yelling at me all the time. I wouldn't yell back at him to teach him not to yell. That would not be a good approach. That wouldn't lead to a closer relationship. At the end, everybody laughed and made her tails. It was all fun. But I imagine the next prank that Mater does is a little bit more serious. I remember back, I used to watch this thing on YouTube. There was these kids, these guys in college that were pranking each other. And the pranks were getting worse and worse and worse. At one point, one guy, to make the other guy look even worse, he set this thing up where he, I don't know how he worked it out, but I'm just throwing audible here, so let's see where this goes, okay? There's this guy and his girlfriend, man A, girlfriend B, and there's friend C. And A and B are, are pranking each other. Guy A and guy C are pranking each other. So guy C works it out so that Guy a, and B, or guy a and the girlfriend go to a baseball game, a New York Yankees game. And on the jumbotron, it says, will you marry me? The C friend, the, the guy over here who's in the, in, the, in the shadows, he's playing a prank on this guy. And he puts on the jumbotron to the girl, will you marry me? And she's like, and the, it's on the screen in front of everybody. It's funny, right? Yeah, it's funny for me when I watch it on YouTube. I don't imagine those guys are going to have a long-lasting friendship. I don't imagine that girl appreciated it. So, so yes, let's, let's get, let's get let's evaluate. Because some of the things in the short film we watch, they're, they're almost true. We've got to watch out for hollow truth. The, the opposite of discerning, paying attention, tearing things apart, evaluating, asking good questions, is to be a fool who's just kind of... His eyes are just all over, right? He's just kind, of, just kind of pushed all over the world looking, at oh, this is interesting, oh, what about this? He reads a new book, he sees a new film, he has a new idea. Somebody who knows something new, every week they read a new book and they have a new idea about how life works, those people are not going to move into a rich and prosperous life. The path of wisdom is one of discernment. We want to be discerning. We want to be doing this. This is important to do, is what God is saying. And the reason why is because we have to be careful what we let inside of our hearts. The last verse I'd like us to look at is Proverbs 4.23. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Keep your hands up. Guard your heart. Don't just let anything get in there. Your heart is the core of who you are. It's your will, it's your spirit. It's you from the angle of desires, motivations. And what you want will shape the direction of your life. So you have to be careful what you allow to shape your wanter. Because your wanter is what's gonna drive your life, your heart is what's gonna drive your life. The best analogy for it that I've heard is a, is a cockpit of an airplane. Imagine a massive 727 airplane. Is that a big? Where's Jack Taylor? What The biggest possible plane, right? A giant jumbo jet. The biggest plane you can picture in your mind. Imagine that massive plane. And a, what's, what's controlling it? This little bitty box, which is the cockpit, with all those buttons, right? You know how you get off the plane, you see that little bitty box where the pilots are stuck in there? That tiny little room controls that massive airplane. And who gets inside that room and who grabs a hold of that stick makes all the difference. There are some people that want to get in that room and fly that plane into a building. Violent, hate-filled men. You don't want to let them in the cockpit. There are other people who are incompetent. They don't want to fly a plane. You don't want Samuel L. Jackson flying a plane. little reference to snakes on a plane there. Okay? Because he's incompetent. He doesn't know how to do it. He's going to fly the plane into the ground. You want somebody who is skilled, who has plane wisdom, to fly that plane all the way To where it needs to go. Be careful who you let inside the cockpit. Keep your guard up, because whatever you let influence your wanter is going to shape your life. If you want a rich and prosperous life, we're going to wrap up now. If you want a rich and prosperous life, you have to want what Jesus wants, because He lives the rich and prosperous life. He knows the way to the truth about life, and He wants to teach you that way. He is a personal. He is a person. He's here with us now. That might say that might seem crazy. Maybe you're, you're not a Christian, you're, not, you're just checking out religion, this is your first time being here. I say that he's with us now, I don't really see him, but he is. God is a spirit. And he is a personal being. And he, he speaks to us, he loves us, he wants us to have the best kind of life. And I remember 12 years ago, on the floor of my dorm room, at 2 o'clock in the morning, I finally reached out to him. Because I had been living life as best as I could, and it wasn't working out when everything blew apart for me, I finally said, please help me. And I didn't say, please get me into heaven, which I want to do. I said, please bring my life together because my life is a wreck. And he began to teach me the truth about life. And he began to make, make my life prosperous. So that's really the one we've got to go to. He's the one who has the truth. But there's, even though he's the master teacher, he's not the only teacher. He's not the only person offering me teaching. There are lots of other voices, people who are well-meaning, some people who have a really, they have a lot of wisdom about life. There are lots of different voices offering me teaching, and some of them are the movies that I watch. And this summer, millions of people are going to go around the world to the films that we just kind of introed here. And those films are going to communicate perspectives about how life works. And we want to make sure that the ideas, we, as we enjoy the film, we eat our popcorn, we drink our soda, we eat a a smuggled-in bag of coffee or, or, or peanuts or chips or whatever you're smuggling into the theaters, you know who you are, right? A little bag of Del Taco wrestling in the back. Is that person eating chicken inside of a movie theater? Right, as you're doing that, enjoy the movie. Enjoy it. But at the same time, we need to be evaluating if it matches God's Word. How do we know if it matches God's Word? We do two things. One, we pull the message out of the movie by asking good questions. Should we be doing this? Yes. How do we know that? Well, I think my own experience is proof to me. But God's word says it too. Guard your heart. Filter your thoughts. Then you can find the path of wisdom. Then you can live the richest, most prosperous life. So what's this mean for you? If something's resonated with you, you're like, okay, that makes some sense. Let's talk about next steps we can take. It's very important that we take a step. That's how we get it into our life. Every step gets it deeper into my life. So, if you could take out your connection card, <clears throat> we have some next steps on here. We'd like to give you a couple options. So, take a look at these with me, if you would. My next step today is memorize Psalm 19:7. The law of the Lord is perfect; it revives my soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy; they make wise the simple. God is trustworthy. He can make you wise, and He can revive your soul. So, memorizing that verse has been a very uh, has been a help to me. Um, You could set a goal to read the Bible a certain number of times this week and apply it. God will speak to you. He's a person. He's not playing games. If you reach out to Him and you spend time in His Word trying to figure out who He is and what He says, He's going to talk to you. Uh, You could also practice uncovering the message in the movie series uh, at home this week. Take this handout and, you know, give it a shot. Watch your favorite show on Hulu or Netflix or whatever you watch and just have this on your lap and ask a couple questions. Begin the process of evaluating. You know, I'm doing this message and I'm saying to do this. And I thought to myself this week, do I do this? And the answer is, not much. I mean, I think I do, but, but honestly, do I sit down and actually ask these questions? I, I Personally, I, I need to do it more is what I'm trying to say. So if you're like me and you've heard this message before because we did it last summer, a next step would be to really, you know, just apply it. Uh, another next step you could take is... Uh, <clears throat> Um, you could invite a friend to come back next week and join you. Randy and Alex are going to do a really great thing. They're going to pull the messages out of the movie, they're going to pull the message out of Scripture, and they're going to check and see if they match. And we hope you'll come back and, and you'll participate with us. Uh, let's, go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you so much for, for your word, and thank you that you, you've given us the way to the truth about life, your son Jesus Christ, and that in a relationship with you through Jesus Christ, we can have a rich and prosperous life. I just pray that we could, uh, we take the things that we've heard today and apply them into our lives, and God, we just we trust you, we think that we should learn from you that we can put our confidence in you, and uh, we just want to thank you for this in Jesus' name, Amen.